Hello and welcome back to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast where the discussion is always on time travel and not questioning its mechanics. It's all about regrets. It's all about your child turning into a different child. It's all about deciding to not have sex with Margot Robbie. For some fucking reason. Yeah, I, like. I, well, no, not for some fucking reason, because he was he wasn't a shitbag, but like, yeah, no, like it's, earlier. It's it's all it's all like beautiful like ideal reasons, but you know, it's it's about not being the dark movie you could have been. Yeah, very easily could have turned into a very rapey movie. Yeah, you know, like if if we're starting with the R word, Ryan, why wasn't Groundhog Day more about the R word? Because uh, nobody wants to see Bill Murray portray a rapist. Fair enough. Because that's wrong. Assault yeah. against women is awful. Yeah, 100%. Just, just, just curious from a storytelling standpoint. Yeah, like I, I think we've been noted like anti-sexual violence as a story point. Yeah, we're hard we anti-girlfriend like. refrigerator. Yeah, well, I mean... The girlfriend in the refrigerator thing, I guess I kind of subverted that with me really digging Mandy, but... Yeah. But I, that's not why that, 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 I like that's, that That's movie. a movie that steers incredibly hard. That that movie does like a like a triple donut, like that movie is Tokyo a, Drift that movie, into schlock, so I, I excuse it. That movie is a drunk driver of a movie. That's a, that's a very good way to put it. You see, like, um, it's all over the road. I follow this Instagram uh, where it's all about... Uh, it's like uh, It shows the color palettes of a shot, and one of them is, um, is that glorious shot of... Uh, from the passenger side view of Nicolas Cage covered in blood and fire grinning. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. That was a really that was the moment of the movie where it kind of unraveled for me. I was like, mm, okay, that was the point. Yeah, it took the full you know two hours until that point. I was like, okay, we don't need to do that. That's just creepy and crazy. Yeah, see, as you know, opposed I, to the I, previous I, I two hours. I need a little bit more violent choreography. But you know, hey, that's that's why I'm a that's why next week uh, for movie club we're doing uh, Drunken Master. Hey. In any case, is that those... who are you, man? Oh, I'm Ryan Snyder, uh, bartender extraordinaire, and you are? I am Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian and a writer and a podcast producer. Hey. Sorry, you were saying I interrupted you. Uh, I lost my train of thought. What's something about Jackie Chan? Oh, it was uh, this is the 70s movie, right? No, um, this was made in like 1994. Oh, okay. I was looking up a different movie then. Oh, you know, Drunken Master 1 is not very good it's kind of like a like a subversion of you know like rocky kind of thing where it's like 60 percent of the movie is him doing like it's, it's jackie chan legitimately doing insane training montages mm-hmm. where like he's doing like wrist push-ups where you're pushing up and then you flip your wrist so that your wrist hits the ground and then you lift up again and flip it again hit your wrist hits the ground Ow. So much like um, uh, have you seen uh, Thirty Six Chambers of uh of Shaolin? No, but this you know what's the funny? Gordon Liu film. I, I think that's what it's called. I always see T-shirts of this on uh, uh Mondo. Mm. So I was always like, was that supposed to be like really good? Is that why it's on a T-shirt? It is really good. I mean, that's that's why Pi Ma- Gordon Liu is in Kill Bill. It's it's he it's amazing. It's that movie is seventy percent tr- like crazy fucking training montage. But amazing because he's not faking any of it. That's a dude really holding like a six, like a 10 foot pole in his like armpit and like hitting a gong with it. It's crazy. Shit. It's awesome. And then the last third is like him kicking ass. Damn. No, you should watch that. That's a great one. Well, I am very close, very close to having disposable income again. Hey. So watch out. Mondo, <laughs> you're going to have some of that money. Ryan Snyder's coming for you. I'm but com- no, Legend of Drunken Master, 94. It's drunk, It's called Drunken Master 2 in China. Okay. Because it is, in fact, the sequel. And I, I don't think, like, as we'll discover in our discussion of today's actual movie, I can't oversell Legend of Drunken Master. Okay. It's, it's impossible. Is it? Yeah. If, if you understand the insanity of what jackie chan commits himself to oh it's, it's incredible i'm always down you know me you you really sparked my interest in asian cinema so oh, thank god yeah I'm so bad. i'm probably going to love it yeah it's unreal that like it, it, it's it's like watching you, you know when you see like like tap dancing movies like crazy tap dancing movies and 
you have to remember to not be jaded because yeah. that these are fucking pros at the top of their game. Yeah. Oh, it's some Jackie Chan shit. But we're not doing that movie with this show. No, we're, we're so. a little slow readers right now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, hey. Ryan, we're at a punk rock movie podcast where we discuss sexy and groaning violence from today and yesterday. And we did not do that. No, this falls more into palette a cleanser. palette cleanser mm-hmm. category. But we've been watching a lot of like sex and violence-esque movies. So I think it's we're kind of overdue. We're due for we're, one, We're yeah. overdue for one, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did a movie. We did a movie. That movie was two thousand and thirteen. One of the worst years of my life. Richard Curtis's About Time trailer. My name is Tim, and this is the year that would change my life forever. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! I just didn't know it yet. Tim, my dear son, this is going to sound strange, but there's this family secret that the men in the family can travel in time. This is such a weird joke. It's not a joke. If it's true, which it isn't. Although it is. But if it was, which it's not. Which it is. How would I actually... You go into a dark place, clench your fists, think of the moment you're going to, and you'll find yourself there. It's going to be a complicated year. It's going to be a complicated life. For me, it was always going to be all about love. I'm Tim. I'm Mary. It's my mother's name. I remind you of your mother. Obviously, I should have thought this through more. Could you give me one second? I'm Tim. I'm Mary. I love your eyes. Do you? I love the rest of your face, too. I haven't even looked further down, but I'm sure it's all fantastic. I'm sure it'll be better next time. Well done. Some people make a real mess of it the first time. Amateurs. Some days you want to relive forever. Will you marry me? I think I'll go for... Yes. Some days you only want to live once. So uninterested in a life without your father. It never occurred to me that I might lose you. I never said you could fix everything. Not without consequences. It's so good to see you. We've never met before. Oh no. What do I do? You have to use it to make your life the way you want it to be. I never know what the future holds, just like everyone else. Time catches up to all of us. My son. My dad. I try to live every day as if it was the final day of my extraordinary, ordinary life. I hope I see you again. You will. My whole life depends on it. Good trailer. That is a perfectly charming trailer. It, <clears throat> but to be fair, it doesn't really sell. Actually, I think I have seen that trailer. Yeah, it's perfect. I think I showed it to you at one point. Yeah. Yeah, that's a perfectly fine trailer. Not yeah. a great trailer. Serviceable. Really yeah. I mean, did, did you see the trailer for Love Actually? And we're like, oh, I gotta see that. No. Have you seen Love Actually, Ryan? No. Um, it's, I get why people love it. I don't. But, you know. When I was purging the movie collection the other night, that was in the pile of DVDs. And Michelle Monaghan, I was giving her her say because I'm not going to be a dickhead and throw away movies. You're a good husband. Yeah. So it was like going through the stack and I was just, anytime I had a, like the the rule was if one person objects to it being thrown out, it stays. Sure. That's called marriage. Yeah. Compromise. So I lifted up a copy of that movie and was immediately shut down. I was like, I don't eat, like just based on the cover, this looks like horse shit. It's not a, it's it's not a bad movie. In the uh, annals, well, in the almost four years we've lived together, I don't think that's been pulled off the shelf once for a watch. So I was like, it's taking up space. Does she? Does she not like it? Or uh, she, she likes it? That's why she just hasn't watched it. Yeah, in four years. She, you know how she is. She doesn't really like repeatedly watch movies. Okay, but like one day, and if I were to throw it out, then you know t- next week she's getting a hankering to watch it. Yeah. No, I dig that. I mean, if if there was a shelf of movies I watch on loop, it would be... If if, if I only owned the movies I watched again and again, it would be a shelf of like 30 movies. 
Like it, it yeah. would not be a big collect, and that's yeah. why I don't collect movies too much. It's just well, one, digital is a thing, and two, I move too often, or three, the only reason why I own a movie is to give it to people to watch, then get it back. I mean, that's that's I guess I guess that's logical, but I only know like Love Actually fans I know are only people who watch it a lot, mm-hmm. or I mean, actually that's kind of it. I don't know anyone who owns that movie and doesn't watch it regularly. Yeah. Like it's it's become a Christmas staple. Really? Shit, we should have done that for this. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Oh, well. Because, you know. Next year. Because there's a, yeah, next year. There's a lot problematic with that movie. A lot to unpack. A lot to unpack. We could do an entire podcast about what's wrong with love, actually, but. Shit. We're not pedants. <sighs> All right, back to this. We did 2013's About Time, directed by Richard Curtis, the director of Love, actually, starring Donald Gleason, Rachel McAdams, and the immortal Bill Nye. Ryan, do you want to, um, people, they heard the trailer, but what is About Time about? Uh, it is about uh, a young man discovering that the men in his family can travel through time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, and I will parrot this, don't question the time travel like mechanics or you, logic of it because it will. N- not even, if you're like, well, what about, why only the men? That If you ask that question, you're already out. Yeah. It, it just, just go with it. Yeah. Like any time travel movie, don't try and break it down mm-hmm. um so it's about like what he's using that ability for mm-hmm. and his uh, his reasoning for using it is he wants to get a girlfriend essentially is what he says he's going to use it to get a girlfriend and then mm-hmm. he uses it to fall in love with uh rachel mcadams character and then yes. the trials and tribulations that come through traveling through time and then living your life living your life and then realizing when you can't there's the the point of like he gets a homegirl knocked up and has a kid and then tries to go back in time for a reason and then comes back and like the kid's different and then finds out from his father that the sperm at the moment of time of impregnating becomes different the rules are extremely arbitrary yeah um so just dealing with that and then living his life and using time travel more uh less and less i guess yeah it's about it's about learning to live your life every day to its fullest yeah and love your family and whatnot yes Mm -hmm. so it's um yeah that's that's pretty much what i gleaned from the plot i mean it's very straightforward and simple i mean there's yeah there's other moments in the movie that we can break down but that's like sexy marco roby but that's my baseline yeah no i dig that there's the like sister car accident so this was your pick, yes. not only for the show, but for Midnight Movie Club. True. And you had said this is one of your like all-time favorites, and it is yep. a big like man-weep movie for you. Oh, totally. I want to know what... Because it didn't affect me emotionally that way, and I don't mm-hmm. know if it was because oversold or it just wasn't a movie that hit me in that zone. What were the moments in that movie that really hit you emotionally? So for me... um. I am an extremely sentimental viewer. You know, right? I'm a I'm a big rom com fan. Mm-hmm. That I actively am a rom com fan. It just clashes with my film buffness, which, and also my desire to pick holes in literally everything. But um, uh, it, I think that this movie came upon me at the exact right time. And for me, I you know I love time travel movies. It's something I'm absolutely fixated on, and I particularly love a time travel movie that um occupies the space of. I'm going to do it to achieve my emotional best kind of thing, to mm-hmm. achieve relationship kind of things. And the, um, the Rachel McAdams stuff is lovely. It makes me, I think it occupies like beautiful romantic moments very well, aside from the genuine creep factor, which they do their best to subvert. But Donald Gleason comes off kind of creepy. Yeah. But, um,. The real, the real emotional stuff comes from the Bill Nye stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, for example, readers, if you're not sold from that trailer or from what Ryan said, a lot of this movie deals... I think the ultimate core of the film is about uh, Donald Gleason, who discovers he can travel in time, and his dad's been able to travel in time, and he discovers that his father's lived his entire life with this ability as well, and he's been living his best life to it. And then when he finds out that his father's finally going to die, it's bracing the memories of your dad. And, uh, Ryan, are you a man of dad issues? No. My my father and I have a perfectly fine relationship. Yeah, your dad's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool dude. Yeah. You? Yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Gabe got dad issues. Okay. So uh, for me, th- that's particularly where, like, um, friend of the show, Ryan Hill, he had the similar kind of outlook as you. It's that that was good. I don't get I don't get your feelings towards it, but he admitted that the Bill Nye stuff, the dad stuff, really got to him. Okay. I mean, that makes me a little bit like like how are you a warrior? For me, a lot a lot of man cry stuff is about dad stuff, dad stuff, and dead friend stuff. Like for you, Ryan, what what are what are your man cry things? We've gone into this at length before. Like like I'm I I wonder. This sounds like a new game. Um, what was it about the Castle Rock thing, spoiler free, that got you versus something like this with about dead dads and living your life to your wife to the fullest kind of stuff? Uh, I think it's um, uh, a lot of like self-sacrifice and like relationship mm. like uh, uh, with your significant other thing. That'll get to me for some reason. Um, you haven't seen Wally, right? No. There's a scene in Wally that demolishes me. Okay. And basically it's like, oh, the, 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 the badass robot suddenly sees that Wally's been secretly sacrificing, taking care of her the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I used to work at the Virgin Megastore and I would play on loop in front of me and I'd just be like, <laughs> every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the Castle Rock thing in particular, just because like for the previous like six episodes, they're building up that. This woman has like dementia and all this other oh. thing, and then it's revealed that she um, they call uh, interestingly enough it's kind of a time travel thing. Hmm. They call her uh, her grandson calls her a, like a time walker because she she places these little totems like around the house, and she does kind of have like a almost like a, a, a dementia thing, but like it's. I don't know if it's dementia. Like she see, she's feeling herself in different like eras and time periods, and like grabbing onto like these totem sleeves around like brings her back. Mm. And so in this particular scene, um, there's a, a the primary antagonist of the series comes in the house is trying to kill her. She's going through these memories of when she was trying to leave her ex husband, and so she's trying to find like she packed a suitcase with all their clothes and like a gun and the bullets. Mm -hmm. So she finds the gun like in the house and then she's like, Oh my God, where are the fucking bullets? And it turns out she left them in the suitcase, which is buried in the backyard and has a dead dog in it. Oh no. Yeah. It's weird. Um, so she hides in like this other, other, uh, house like on the property. It's like a garage with like an attic above it. And someone's coming in and she fires a shot and it ends up killing her lover. Oh no. Um, previously this is called back to like earlier in the series where he says, uh, her lover says that like there were shots fired at the house. So they asked, you know, someone to come back, uh, and check on her. And he was just getting back into town. Mm. And when he shows up, he goes through this uh, whole emotional scene about like, you know, they were together previously. I love you and everything. So it does that scene again, but she comes in like, it's really hard to explain because after she kills him, <laughs> she goes into the house and like showers off all the blood on her. And then she's time walking back to that period where she first met him. And it's revealed that why she looked so confused and why she was crying in that scene was because she had just killed him and time walked back to that that moment. And it really, I don't know why. Like I showed it to my wife and she's like, are you fucking crying? I was like, no. That's very confusing. But <laughs> yeah, I, it's really from, con- from what I can understand, that sounds tragic. Yeah, it's, I don't know why, it's, it's really, diff- like, time travel shit is really difficult to explain, yeah. so. I love time travel my, shit, I love it. My coffee-induced ramblings, I'm sorry, listeners. But yeah, no, it, it, make, it makes sense to me. But, so, right, um, this movie is a big guy cry for me. Okay. I mean, like, I, am, I, I saw this movie, and I read the review on Ain't It Cool News, rest in peace. Um, Capone, a uh, famous Chicago um, film critic, he wrote this lovely, slightly rambling piece about, um, like like a weirdly personal one, which I thought was a really beautiful film review. He talks about how like, oh, I went to my daughter's swim meet and it broke my heart. And she tried so hard and still lost and she didn't know what to do. And I, I like I comforted her and I promised her that she's still all she said was try. And it was like a it was a very heartbreaking parenting moment for him. And watching and he watched this movie and he cried like a child. So for me, it's like this is the I, I so I, I went to see it. I dragged um, my friend Ibrahim to the show. Um, have you met Ibrahim yet? Uh, I don't think I have. You're going to meet him this weekend. Hey. Yeah, we're going to drag him to the bookstore. He's oh, great. cool. Yeah, he's a, he's either extremely depressed or he's a missile. Oh, does he have manic depression? Anyway, hmm. um, we saw the movie 
And this was at a point in our lives where we were meeting every day, like almost every day in the morning to write. And by meeting every day in the morning to write, we would meet at 9 a.m., go to a bar and get shitty and try to come up with sketch ideas. It was a beautiful time. And one day we're like, because we're broke, we're like, oh, if we go to the movies at 10 a.m., the tickets are like six bucks. So we saw about time. And that man, that dude, he has some real like father issues. And we we watched it. And we were like weeping. And we walked out and we walked to another bar in the middle of Manhattan, this place owned by the drummer from Blondie. And we just had like one of those eye-opening days and it was just a beautiful thing. And you know, as someone who always wants to go back in time and fix the problems he's made, the mistakes he's made, wishes he appreciated things he had before him, it really hit me exactly in that sweet spot of, oh, I should stop wishing I, I could go back in the past and just appreciate who I am today. So I thought it was just a really beautiful thing. And I guess much like my love of the movie Roll Bounce, mm-hmm. um, I love Roll Bounce. I fucking love Roll Bounce. I think that's a surprisingly perfect movie. But anyone I show it to now is like, this movie's fucking dumb. I'm like, no, it's a really good movie, but roller disco. Subjective but taste. Subjective taste. It was the right time. I have a perfect memory of the first time I saw it. And I guess that affects things. But I, do, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes on this movie is like 68%. But I, it doesn't deserve that. Yeah. I think that most people walk into a movie with janky, admittedly super janky, arbitrary as hell time travel rules. If that's your problem with it, then yeah, that's fine. That's why I warn everyone, don't question the time travel. You can't do it. It's just, it's just not going to work. But um, I, I, I identify strong with this movie, and it just, it just it just squeezes my heart, Ryan. Yeah. So we watched it at movie club. Hill liked it, didn't love it. What was your reaction to the film? I I think Hill and I had an extremely similar reaction, minus the 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 dad angle on it. Yeah. Um, it's perfectly fine, and like I said, like I have a perfect like I wouldn't say no relationship is perfect, but like I have a pretty great relationship with my dad like i'm meeting up with him for a beer like in two hours like wow we just like we hang out we talk that, about that is that is confusing to me yeah like we just we hang out we talk about food and we talk about cooking and football and like that's pretty much what we do the very idea of talking to my dad incites anxiety really yeah yeah asian families dude okay like i don't talk to my dad you know, you know that I'm I'm, uh, I'm doing this whole Asian American podcast story thing, and nothing gives me more anxiety than having to sit down and inter- like interview my parents, like like we don't talk. What? The very idea of talking to my parents, especially talking to my dad, is even worse because I interviewed him, and I asked, I was asking him personal questions. He's like, I asked him like, did you ever want to get to know us better? He's like, nope. Oh. And I'm like, oh, why? He's like, because. That's not how we do things. That's not my, my, like, my dad is like weird, stoic, white dad. Like, he, he, his dad, I never talked. His brother, like, my brother's dad, like, sorry, my dad's brother just died. And Mm -hmm. my, yeah, that's a really awful thing. Literally, like, literally yesterday. And my dad's like, yeah, but I I haven't seen him in like 16 years. But my dad's like, hmm, that's awful. Yeah, so. Asian families. Yeah, my, I guess, it doesn't really matter because it's like um, my family's white, but mm-hmm. it's like uh, the Irish American kind of family. It's like it's very close, very uh, like there's not a like my extended family. There's like not a lot of like I love yous and hugs. It's mm-hmm. very like fuck you. Ah, uh, like my my extended family kind of communicates through insults. So I think that 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 is that weird. is a degree of closeness that I think is so much better than just straight out warmth. Yeah, like I, I think w- being able to say "fuck you" to someone means that at some point, when it matters, when it really is important, you can say something a little bit kinder. But the general language is harshness. Yeah, but like I, 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 that, that's so odd to me that like you're not like that with your parents. Like I'm very like I talk to my parents very often. Like not not to the point like I'm calling my mom and dad on the phone every day, but like casual text messages. Um, you know, but on Sundays, like I like to go and visit with my family for dinner mm-hmm. and like hang out and just like, I'll go over at like three, four o'clock and I won't leave until like 10. Wow. Because I'm, you want to? Yeah. That's weird to me. Like I just go back to my parents' house and we just, we bullshit my, my little sister's there with her fiance. And like, it's the six of us and we hang out, we eat, we talk and it's 
fun. Like we have a couple drinks together and relax. Like my parents were just here at my apartment uh, having dinner and like had dinner together, all had a glass of wine. And we just like, that's literally what we do is we sit around the table and just talk. That's yeah. And I, I guess that seems odd to you, that, that but it's is... odd to me that you don't do that. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I think people often are confused. Like I'm a, I'm a really warm person and like, no, my family life is cold as ice. Like, boy, there's, there's not talking. It's just not a thing. I mean, we, we, we talk about media together, so that's a thing that we'll, uh, we'll watch, we'll have dinner and we'll watch something or we'll have lunch, comment on the news. No, from, I, I think maybe like my attachment to this is from a desire to have a warmer relationship that I just don't have one. Hmm. Yeah. See, it's interesting because our, our view, our relationships with our family is pretty much in, informing our viewpoint and enjoyment of this yeah yeah i think it, we, we it's hard to, to disassociate your own experiences from an emotional movie and for me like and again if ibrahim who had a completely dysfunctional disjointed broken family for him if this is a move this is a movie about i about having an, a warm relationship with your father and having an understanding and having like the scene where, where bill like my favorite scene in the whole movie is probably when bill and i uh he goes back in time to fix his best man speech. Mm-hmm. I guess my favorite scene in the whole movie. <clears throat> and f- for me, it's just more about like, oh, my dad wouldn't like the idea of ever asking my dad to be my best man is hilarious. That's that's impossible. My dad's not my friend. My hmm. dad's he's family. He's blood. You know, I that meat thing. And like, of course, yeah, totes. But the talking with my family. Yeah. So I guess about time for me is about kind of an ideal warm family, and it's kind of like the the parent I hope to be one day, yeah. that kind of thing. That this movie's aspirational. So if, when you eventually have children, you want to have you want to be able to break the cycle of yeah, your family exactly. and kind of have that warmer relationship yeah. with children. Yeah, you know, I mean, like like I I'm sure that my like in in the baby boomer mindset, my dad's like, yeah, hey, work for me. And I don't know, I grew up really isolated and alienated and alone. And never in my life has family been equated comfort. Mm -hmm. That family equates anxiety and feeling alone and feeling rejected and having demands put on you. It's like having a bad job. That's awful. Mm, Yeah, Ryan. That's why I seek family outside my home. That's why I'm so warm, buddy. You've got family here, dude. That's true. So that's where I find but uh yeah i guess from my standpoint like seeing his relationship with his father i'm just like yeah that's how it should be um, and like it's not normal <laughs> yeah I, I think you're you're a lucky one ryan yeah i guess so i mean it's some people like you like yourself just don't have yeah. that relationship with their families yeah. and it's for me it was like looking at it, it was like yeah that's that's how it is for everyone right yeah, and like, no, not really. The, the, that movie has an opening montage of him being like, here's my perfect family life. We're quirky, we're yeah, sweet, we, we're weird. We have tea on the beach every day. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I worked at the laundromat, and then I got yelled at for my grades. Yeah. So. Mm. I love this movie. Yeah, I, it's, uh, you're Owen too for me, buddy. That's on, a on your, bummer. On your emotional movies that you recommended yeah. me. You, you did, again, you did get me on the... Korean cinema and Asian cinema yeah. as a whole, you got me on there. So props. We're on, we're on, we're, we're on very different emotional, emotional wavelengths, yeah. and I think that's that's one hundred percent okay. Yeah, and there's I nothing think wrong with it. Most of the world agreed with you that this movie is perfectly fine, but for me and apparently Capone from Angel Cool News and Ibrahim, oh and Jenny, Jenny had a. I guess maybe it just comes down to like, what's your relationship like if your dad? Because like this movie demolished her. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess so. If if you have a not so great relationship with your father, I guess it, does it give you like a dangle of like, here, look, look a at how good bit. it could be, it, it, or it's a little bit like, oh, my dad's gonna die one day. I should try harder, but it's so hard. Yeah, so it, mm. it really it it stabs you right in the. Why are things not as good if your dad as they are if um, Donald Gleason and Bill Nye? Okay, so. Um, I, 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 besides the Bill Nye stuff, I do love the Rachel McAdams stuff, even though it's kind of creepy, him kind of like reinserting himself back in yeah, her life. Yeah, a little bit. They, tr- <clears throat> I think they do their best to make it work. I mean, I've watched this movie like, like 30 times, but. Um, my, my favorite character is the, uh, the playwright. Oh yeah. Um, never remember his name. He was in Pirates of the Caribbean. 
and the thick end of that thick of it movie. Well, either way, I love a Harry. I love a character who's a prick, cantankerous prick, and he is fantastic. He's great. He's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of my like I said, one of my favorite parts about this movie. Um, yeah, it is kind of creepy. He, him yeah. like reinserting himself mm-hmm. into the life, but like, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, Ryan. So, um, do you have any actual like active like objections to the movie? No, I mean like. It just it just was a happy functioning thing that didn't really jibe with you. Yeah, I, I mean that's it. I mean I again I have a great relationship with my family, so just mm-hmm. watching, it, I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's how everyone is. No, nope. I mean I I, I, I take solace in that. Like if if I if, don't hate it a, yeah. at all. It's like it's. I Man, you hate it spectacular now. Oh, I I actively hated spectacular now, but this this is like that. very charming characters. Um. It, I didn't question the time travel logic whatsoever, and I still like. I'm. Mm-hmm. I really. I'm like. My brain won't let me think about it because mm-hmm. I just want to kind of keep it as that like perfect, yeah. like nice little movie. Like, it is the equivalent of like, you know, a a, a little kid who's like giving out flowers, but he's ugly. Yeah, it's like, like oh, I'd love that. You're kid. ugly, but like, oh, you're so sweet. You Thanks, have a good spirit to you. Get out of here. We're not gonna make fun of you. I'll take that. That about time as an ugly child who loves you. Yeah, cool. That's a. That, I dig that. There's no. There's no reason to to hate on it. There's nothing that really sticks out to me that I'm like, well, that's bullshit. Like, no, it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a charming movie that is for the right person. I'm just not the right person. Right. All right, I take it. Um, any other final thoughts on it before we play a game? Uh, or not a game, but do our tests. I don't think so. All right, cool. Ryan, yes. would you be so kind as to administer the test? All right. It is a chilly, mm-hmm. chilly mid-December day. Yes. Kind of walking around. So let's say you just had lunch somewhere and you're going to walk back to your car, mm-hmm. maybe check out some shops in the town. You're passing a bar. You're like, you know what? I could go for a quick drink before. Yeah, I'm going to pop in this bar. Mm-hmm. You come in, you sit down, you see this is on the TV. How do you feel about being on, and what are you drinking here? Um, all right. Uh, this is one of my, on my letterbox. You know, are you on Letterboxd? I'm not. I, I I want to get on it, though, actually. Yeah, this this movie's in my top four on Letterboxd. For me, also a little bit, I have a little bit of the high fidelity thing where I just want to make sure people know that I'm not totally highfalutin. So it's like the apartment, and it's you, it's Harakiri, and then mm-hmm. I think my top yeah. four are the apartment, Harakiri, about time, and then um, Ito Mama Tambien. So you're supposed to put like your top four? Is yes. that your thing? Okay, mm-hmm. four. What an odd number, but that's but it's on there. So um, mm-hmm. I th- I think that I'd lose my mind. I'd 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 lose my shit. I would I would just sit there and I would I don't know what I'd order. This feels like a beer movie. Okay. Like, I'm gonna have a high life. I'm gonna have having a shot. And like for me, this is no time for for trying. I'm just gonna live in this movie for a minute. I'm gonna sit at the bar. I'm gonna talk to the bartender, see what they like about it, and just have my high life and my shots. Ryan, for you, gorgeous, slightly chilly day. You have nowhere to be. That you just ran some errands. You have you literally have time to kill. You're free. And you decide to get a drink. Something playing on the TV. Can't tell what it is. You walk in. Hey, it's about time. Are you staying? If so, what are you drinking? Well, I'm already at the bar. So I am going to have a drink. And I'm going to... I'm not going to object to this being on. Mm-hmm. I'm probably... I'm not going to say I'm going to like play on my phone. Like I'll probably watch it like while I'm drinking my drink. Mm-hmm. Um which would be, I feel appro- I feel the drink that's appropriate for this movie is a hot toddy. Yeah, I was thinking that too. <clears throat> I'm like in a Newcastle and a hot toddy. So I'm thinking like, you know, nice hot tea with some, some whiskey in there. Mm-hmm. And a little squeeze of lemon. A little pop. And just be charmed. And just drink my drink. I'm, I'm not going to like slug it. I'm going to finish it, you know, at, at, a, at a, and the, the pace of the temperature. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably leave before it's over, but I'm not going to like be like, yeah, hey, can you change this fucking movie? <laughs> no, I'm going to, whatever level audio-wise it's on, it's fine. I'm not going to ask to turn it up or down. But I'll sit there and enjoy uh, 30 minutes of it and then pay my tab and quietly leave. I dig it. All right, in that case, let's go on to our next test. Um, it is the Katie Contest in honor of young filmmaker and aspiring cinephile, Katie Ann Kometz. 
Would you recommend About Time to an aspiring filmmaker and a young cinephile to improve their education? If not, what instead? And if so, what's next? I'm really not sure, honestly. Like, I don't have the, like, I don't have the level of expertise on filmmaking or judging a film mm-hmm. by like it, how well it's crafted as you do. Well, let me go for the other angle, just for cinephilia. Like, um, what do what what do you think this movie set out to do? And then if it didn't succeed, what do you think did it better? I. It's really difficult. I mean, I guess I'd have to like open with how's your relationship with your father. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, it's great. All right, then you don't then skip it because it's gonna not, you know, do anything for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I have a bad relationship with my father. Okay, then watch it and be gutted and devastated because I know numerous people who have had that experience. Yes. So enjoy. Um, for the person who has a great relationship with their father and is skipping it, what do you watch instead? Jeez, um, uh, another like, what's a movie that's gonna pull like a cry out? Because I, I guess say, that's what I'd you'd say be going Groundhog for. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day? Groundhog Day is another movie. Groundhog about... Day or Creed? I know that's been coming up pretty too, often. Yeah, it's such a it's such a good fucking <laughs> movie. I think ground for, for me if I was I'm not, not a Groundhog recommend... Day guy though. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I find that movie to be kind of like boring. Holy shit! Really? Yeah. Wow. That's a that's like that's like a perfect movie. It's just like T one... to B. That's a perfect movie. Yeah, sorry. I mean, you're it's... a Ghostbuster. You're you're a I'm, Bill Murray guy. I am a Bill Murray guy. I, I... I kind of can't believe that. That that's kind of mind blowing to me. Yeah, I I just find it to be like not. It's not that I actively hate. It's just a movie I don't really like. Like if it's I... on, if I am surfing channels and I see it's on, like I'm gonna like go to the next channel. Really? Wow. It's just it's not my. It's not uh, my thing. Like that movie, like for me, is like that's like a perfect movie. Like I, I, I would, I would teach an entire class on Groundhog Day. Yeah, sorry. Wow. Yeah. Then so what? What? What else? But there's nothing else that you recommend that that touches the heart or deals with flimsy plot mechanics. Uh, like I said, maybe maybe Creed. Even though I said that last week, I can't think mm-hmm. of anything off the top of my head that would be like watch this instead of watching About Time. Like, yeah. uh, it's a, it's such a. It's a very specific kind yeah, of movie. It's it's a niche that it mm-hmm. hits. Like, oh, we're gonna hit what about family, Back to family the Future. Dr- yeah, Back to the Future. There you go. And it's Actually, all about family. Let's, and fixing let's go your life. with um, Back to the Future Three. Oh yeah, okay. Because you know, you're looking for a, uh, a a parent surrogate that you're going to save. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Back to the Future Three. We'll go with that. All right, I can dig that. I do not think I would off uh, like right out the gates recommend this to a young filmmaker. If they asked me, "Hey, do you like about time?" I'd be like, "Oh, I love about time." Um, if you're interested, go for it. I now know to undersell it. But if um, what's next after about time? If they like it, shit, I I it would have to be like, um, it would have to be probably 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 like Groundhog Day. Okay. Or Back to the Future One. You want to talk about like, like well written mechanics? Really, I think this movie has a lot of flaws that I, that the broad emotional strokes completely negate for me. Mm. But if anyone has problems with the with like the the flimsiness of it, I'm like, oh, that's totally fair. I dig that. I mean, watch Back to the Future for something that's well constructed while also still being goofy. But it works for me. What about for the daddy issue angle, um, Last Crusade? Oh, for dad issue angle, you watch Warrior. Okay. Oh man, part of me now is a little bit like I'm glad I made Ryan watch About Time, made Ryan's watch it, and I'm glad to got see it again big screen. So, on a selfish angle, I'm glad to do it. But I feel like Warrior would have been a better movie. I think both you and Hill would have loved Warrior because it's it's just Rocky. But of Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton, mm-hmm. it's it's fucking rad. That movie is rad. So maybe like Warrior is a good good another dad movie where you know you know the premise of Warrior. No. So um, I think you've explained to me. Isn't it like two brothers fighting? Yeah, two yeah. brothers who have been separated from childhood. Um, one went with um, like Joel Edgerton, like stayed with. Uh, shit like their shitty dad alcoholic and horrible abusive mm-hmm. nick nolte and uh tom hardy one of their mom and so they separated and tom hardy has become like this like violent angry beast who decides to train again with he he's like a navy seal or something like a marine and he decides to train again with um clean and sober reformed nick nolte who's just nothing but a shambling mess of like regret 
and Joel Edgerton, who is separate, decides to train under Frank Grillo. So they both aim to be like UFC champs mm-hmm. to get a big prize because um, Tom Hardy wants the money to support um, a dead soldier, a dead friend's family. And uh, Joel Edgerton wants the money to support his family. And how you know, eventually, in this big UFC tournament, it's going to climax and that brother's fighting. Oh, I love that fucking movie, dude. Anyway. Yeah. Um, that concludes our discussion on a boot time. Yeah. Let's uh let's uh, let's let's take a let's take a break. Yeah. And we'll play a game. All right, sounds good. All right, cool. Danny, go. Hey everybody, my name is Daniel, and I want to tell you about another Top Gallant Radio show. Do you like movies? Good. I like movies too. But the show isn't about movies. Do you like books? Good, because in Slow Readers, we discuss books. Gabe, do you like reading? Hate it. I've always hated it. Every episode covers a different book, such as Animal Farm. Um, I was also making ties with another empire. Uh-oh. Um, the Sith. Because, yep. Uh, basically, uh, the Emperor Palpatine was Napoleon. <laughs> Blackwater. Oh my god, this, this book is so... Painful. Yeah, I had to put it down repeatedly just to catch my breath. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know what that's like. And truly, our... you were in a car that landed in black water. Yeah, I do. I know. I fucking killed a woman. You like fought. This. Uh... <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. Um, Wrong side. Do you not like reading books? Well, that's also okay because you get to hang out with two pretty cool dudes. Join me, your host Daniel. She's like a pretty intelligent kid. Cause like her reaction to that is like, you never read the giver? You work in a bookstore. And and I and I was like really close to just snapping. I was going like, listen girl, I read a lot of other books, okay? <laughs> and my co-host Gabriel Mara, who co-hosts Sex and Violence. You love that guy, right? On air challenge, slow readers exclusive. Slow readers exclusive. Can Gabe fit Gone Girl up his ass? <laughs> then you get hours and hours and hours of access to us rambling about various topics, such as politics. Gabe, what do you think about Donald Trump launching missiles? Let's hear it. No. But our one <laughs> run in with the police. I took a breath to start. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no, not going no, that way. We're not a political podcast. Nope. Uh, we're just, we're just milk chugging right wingers though. <laughs> milk chugging. And books into the water. Pledged. Barrel to arms. The magicians. Wise blood. Ethan from. An object of beauty. So go ahead, continue enjoying sex and violence. The hot ass top gallant radio show about movies and punk rock stuff and then when you're done with that go ahead and button your dress shirt up to the neck to the throat area and then go ahead and give slow readers a spin go search itunes and search up the name slow readers check us out slow readers comes out every monday you can also check us out on twitter at top gallant radio Hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm still Gabe. I'm still Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hello. How you doing, buddy? Uh, good. good. All right. Um, Ryan, uh, quick, quick little sidestep. Seen anything good lately? Uh, yeah. What you, you, what you been watching, bro? Uh, I've been watching Harvey Birdman, Attorney yeah, at Law. I'm and so glad you finally are. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. Mm, um, it's wonderful. Yeah, it just it's making me go down the path of watching... That and all the old Hanna Barbera cartoons, because mm-hmm. I'm a, a noted, huge fan. Hanna of Barbera nut. Yeah, I, I love it all. And uh, Ryan, if you could get one Hanna Barbera tattoo, what would it be? Whew. Is it Snagglepuss? No, it probably it probably have to have to have something to do with uh, Scooby Doo. That adds up. I'm a huge. I love the Mystery Gang. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's just, you should get the Scooby collar. Thing no, around your neck. absolutely not. That'll be awesome. Either that or maybe Dick Dastardly. I, oh, I, word. He's pretty great. Yeah. You got like Muttley on your thigh or something. Yeah. my uh, One of my friends has a actual like Scooby sandwich tattooed on his leg. Oh, that's on cool. His leg. It's pretty cool. I can dig that. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've seen anything lately. I've been busy. Slacking? I've been slacking. That's slacking right. and busy. Uh, did I see a movie the other day? Hmm. Oh, and I found out. Um, oh, I saw Suspiria. Oh, yeah, how was it? You, um, you had texted me, but I was, like, bartending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Danny and I go on length about it on Slow Readers, um, but uh, in our completely rambly style, um, visually, it is incredible. Like, yeah. the cutting, like, boy, you know how I get really mad when movies are bad cutting? Mm-hmm. This movie, much like a Requiem for a Dream, the cutting alone is worth the price of admission gorgeous unbelievable editing directing lighting performances everything but that being said that movie's two and a half fucking hours and it culminates in yeah okay okay so So, does it not justify its runtime 
I don't think so. I think you could have cut a fucking hour out of that movie. Okay. But it, it, it's still... But, oh my God. Is it making the top ten list? It is. Oh. It is. It's 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 on a top ten, just on visuals alone. And, you know, it, it, it was, it, it's a great movie. It really is. I just felt that maybe I need to read a couple think pieces on it to mm-hmm. figure out what exactly it was on about. By the climax, I'm like, okay, so that's happening. Is the original as long? No. Really? It is not. The original is like a tight kind of schlocky horror film. Okay. And now it's a meditation on feminism and modern dance, which is awesome. But still, it's it's real, real long, uh, hmm. you know. So see it if you have three hours to kill. Otherwise, you know, watch highlights. Okay. I think you'd I think you'd get behind it, Ryan. Okay. I I don't think you'd dislike it at all. Okay. Boy, holy shit, it's beautiful. Oh my. Any hoozles? Yeah. Ryan, shall we play a game? Let's play a game. Excellent, Ryan. Once upon a time, time. very long time ago, there was a DVD. And before that DVD, there was a real boy of a real fucked up face. Indeed there was. That DVD was the movie story of old fuckface himself. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Rocky Dennis is not a fuckface. Old fuckface. Old fuckface. Rocky Dennis, the boy with the messed up face and his drug addicted mom and Sam Elliott for some reason, was made into the film Mask, which is a movie you liked? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. But... The, the DVD case had a problem with it. What was it? Uh, it? It says that Rocky Dennis is a hero. And, he and Ryan has not, a big old beef with that. Yeah, he's not a hero. Nice kid. Not a hero. Okay. And now we have a game, because this baffles the shit out of me, <laughs> where I try to figure out what dictates a hero to Ryan Snyder for actually asking him the question. And that's how we play the game. Hero, no, not, not a, a hero. hero. Hurrah. So Ryan, I'm gonna um, give you three characters, all fictional this time, so Ooh, no cool. no worries there. Um, and I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna give them a little intro and ask you, and we'll break it down if you all think right. they're a hero or not a hero. Let's Are you ready? This. Let's do this. Okay. Here's one. So honestly, the first two I'm worried we already did before because I didn't start writing these down. I don't have time to listen to our back episodes. So if if we did it before, if you did it before and Ryan has a different answer, definitely tweet at me or Instagram me. Your first character. He is a much beloved character between you and me. He is a strong bond between you and me. He's one of my all-time favorite characters, but in my opinion, not because he's particularly heroic. Especially not in a movie, anyway. We have a guy. He's kind of an average Joe. He's kind of a deadbeat. He's kind of a piece of shit, honestly. But he's trying... And he wants to be a better man, but he's just, he's probably not going to get there anytime soon, but he's doing what he can. He's also the best fighter in the province. I bring to you Scott Pilgrim in the movie played by Michael Sarah in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Is Scott Pilgrim a hero? Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, um, there was a recent excellent article in the AV Club, which dictated that Scott Pilgrim is a dipshit. Mm-hmm. But not sure if he's a hero. I'm not sure that he is a hero. Yes. Because... He totally dates a high schooler and then cheats on her. Yeah, and then, at, like, he's not really doing anything for anybody but himself. Yes. Like, even the... The, the final turn it, is that he does it yeah, for himself. Even the even the the fighting of the evil exes, he's not fighting them for Ramona. He's mm-hmm. fighting them for himself through... Like, oh, if you want to date me, you have to beat the shit out of my exes. Sure. Uh, so, hero? It, like... On another, on the other hand, I think out of all of them, the only truly evil one is Gideon. Because he is controlling Ramona. So if kicking the shit out of a controlling boyfriend is a heroic act, that's a thing. But I don't know if that negates everything else he does. Uh, I don't think it does because he isn't really aware of it until the end until he's already fighting him mm-hmm. and that so you can't really say like oh he's beating the shit out of a controlling ex because he didn't enter the fight with that in mind that's true so i'm it was gonna, all self-interest yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say not a hero everyone's right. a hero of their own story but yeah. you are not a hero exactly you're a, you are a protagonist not necessarily a hero yeah 
All right. You know, I thought that's where that was going to go. Yeah. But I was I was wondering if you would pull some some slippery logic on me. No, I can't I can't really justify naming him a actual hero. Okay. Very interesting. Our next one. I think all of the all three I picked are very morally complex. Our next hero is another movie. Maybe the movie that I realized you and I were friends. Mm. He is um we watched it fairly recently. He is an extremely complicated very very self-serving but also highly moral character he he goes full yojimbo in a way but he is a man who's only driven by his own code and for his own twisted sense of revenge and his own desire to see things through to the end come hell or high water he is brendan fry in brick portrayed by joseph gordon levitt is brendan a hero uh, you know what? So let's much break... like a good noir protagonist. More often than not, they're not actually a hero. Yeah, but uh, you know what? He is someone who sets out to right a wrong. Yeah, he's seeking it's... justice. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and label him a hero because. What about what he did to Jer? Fuck Jer. He sold out Jer just to keep Emily. It, yeah, but I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say <laughs> him going to solve the murder of his ex-girlfriend and hold those who are responsible for her, uh, seeking to hold uh, people responsible for the death of her. I'm, I think that's a heroic action because you can just let that lie. You have no ties to this. Like, oh, that's my ex-girlfriend and someone killed her. Like, that eh, sucks. Maybe the cops mm -hmm. should fucking figure this out. But no, he doesn't take it to the cops. He takes it upon himself to put himself in at high in, risk. At high risk. At he gets the, the risk shit of, beat out of a the ton risk of, of death, essentially, because mm -hmm. he's entering a drug ring. Mm -hmm. Um, just to solve her murder and bring those responsible to justice. And yeah, you know what? Hero, Brendan Fry. But wouldn't you say that his his desire for justice is self-serving? Can you be a self-serving pursuer of justice? You can be, but I don't think this is a self-serving angle because he didn't know that uh, she was pregnant until later. Hmm. So, and even then it was like, oh, she was pregnant, but it wasn't with my child. But even though it was his fucking child. Yep. Uh, so he was, yeah, he's seeking out to get some justice and I'm, I'm down with that. Okay. Okay. That's a whole new avenue I kind of want to explore in a future things. Like, is a personal sense of justice... Is heroic? that heroic? I, th I think in this case it is heroic. Okay, interesting. That actually ties in you very, very <laughs> well to the next one. All right. So, Ryan, here is one of our favorite movies as well. I went, I went, I went right to our, to our wheelhouses for this cool. episode. That he is an extreme... Well, you know, I, sh I don't think I've done a single man of color in all these, so that's not okay. i got to mm. figure that out at some point. i got to find more. Any hoozles. Another detective story protagonist, but this one ends as morally complex as can be. He's a man of a high code. He's a man of strong connections to the street. He's a man who loves his partner, but ultimately he's a man who cannot break a promise, right or wrong, good or evil. He must do what he feels is right, even if it is quite possibly the wrong thing to do. We have Casey Affleck as Patrick Kenzie in Gone Baby Gone. Wow. Okay. Let me think. So. At, a spoiler for Gone Baby Gone, which you should see, which is a fucking fantastic movie. At the end of the film, he discovers a righteous kidnapping, if yeah. you could call it that, where yeah. an awful mother has her child kidnapped from her to be given to a loving family. And Patrick decides to keep his word to the grieving, horrible mother to return the child That's take a, it away from a loving home. That ending is so, like... He loses his, like, Michelle Monaghan. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a fucked up ending because there's really, like, no, like, can you say this is right or wrong? Like, but I, mean, all, I, I read the sequel, but yeah. Yeah? It's great. Do they get back together? They get, it's a six-book series. They get back together in book five. Okay. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I really like that. Like, if my if my read the book series, Ryan, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's fucking great. They're like my favorite detective stories. Oh shit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, it's you know, funnily enough, uh, Michelle Monaghan actually dislikes that movie. Really? Yeah. I could see why. Yeah. It's... I could walk away. That movie hits like the very barren depths of humanity. Yeah, she doesn't like that kind of stuff where it's like, uh, like. I mean, it's her, her job her to thing dwell is, on that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, her isn't thing it? is always like, it makes me sad. 
like to see like oh remember when like this happens it makes me sad and i was like it's but like separate it's a great movie this is why the same reason why she won't watch um spotlight oh yeah i was oh, like no i was like so I, I was like good. i know it's fucked up but like it's such it's a good about movie. the pursuit of justice yeah that it's it's not it's not like dwelling in horrible shit yeah I, I, if you wanted to argue with me that gone baby bond gone baby gone takes too much time to dwell on the utter hideousness of life I, I wouldn't disagree. Yeah. But it's still, I think, a fucking fantastic movie. Um, but is... Is Patrick Kenzie, who is like... It, like I love that character. Yeah, he's, me too. He's, he's like a... They're all, they're all first person. He's like a perfect modern man on the street Marlowe. Yeah, what's it? What's the name of the bartender that he that he harasses in the I beginning? Because he's like, "Make me a fucking martini." Yeah, uh, that's a great. That's a. I love <laughs> one of my that movie favorite so lines much. in that movie. Yeah. Uh, like, what the fuck's wrong yeah, with make, you? It's a make me a martini, you fat fuck. Yeah. Like, oh, wonderful. Um, but yeah, he is a hero. Really, Ryan? Yep. Okay, uh, explain. So he is going for the uh, the pursuit of justice to find this missing girl, which it's part of his job. Yeah. So it, I mean. Heroics in pursuit of your job uh, isn't always make it a heroic action, mm -hmm. but the what makes it heroic to me isn't actually the keeping the promise to the mother. It's actually uh, seen uh, previously in the movie where he goes into the house and gets the other child out. Yeah, well, no, he he does not get the child out. I thought they get the kid out with no. the, the disgusting people. No, he no in that scene they he. What makes him execute the guys? He finds a child's horrible, molested corpse in the. Oh, in the, find, oh I, no! I have, the, this, I have this backwards then. But either way, I'm gonna go with that because, yeah. I don't know, Ryan. That that's him taking justice in his own hands. Yeah, fucking a, it is. Yeah, but okay. So that's so I what, suppose what's, that, what's, that's one thing. The heroic action in that is that like you don't turn that person over to the police. Some what's the. Uh, it's uh, this is another morally complex character, uh -huh. uh, but Rorschach has a great line about it in Watchmen. It's a, men get put in prison, dogs get put down. Sure. And dogs get okay. put down in this movie, and that because uh, it's the failings of our uh, honestly our justice system. Not to get into this like whole big yes. thing, but like the failings of our justice system is that that person is going to spend years in like appeals court and then never answer for their crimes. I was just looking at my phone last night that mm -hmm. like. This is some judge for the third time uh, sentenced someone who was like convicted of rape to like 30 days of like community yeah, service. Yeah, I saw so, that. Like, the Baylor guy. Yeah. Fuck you. You mm -hmm. pull that kind of shit, you're fucking dead. No, um, I, I dig that. I don't object to that part. But so is he a hero? Yeah, he's a hero for like for numerous reasons. A, he's putting himself in danger to try and save mm -hmm. this little girl. Maybe that that is a through line with me. Like if you put yourself in danger okay. in, in like the service of others, that will usually put points on the board mm -hmm. on the hero side of it for me. Even though Michael Sarah did kind of put himself in danger, but it was totally yeah, it was more that's, self interest. That's totally self serving. But he did not have to like do like go to the meeting on the mountaintop and mm -hmm. do all that and put himself in danger and like walk willingly into like the drug dealer's den and like essentially threaten him. Yeah, cheese. Yeah, like that kind of shit. And then going to that house, I for, I don't know why in my mind I thought he got the kid out. No, it's, maybe man. it's been too long since I've seen that God, movie. God, like the, the 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 split second you see the kid in the tub. Yeah. So, you know, you know, I think that because of um, what's his face's speech after that, or like, oh, I went into this room and the the kid had the room perfectly clean and he was holding his PlayStation. I think that's probably why I got it mixed up. Mm, word. Um, but Ryan, so you have like it's you, it, even... husband of uh, Amy Madigan. Ed totally Harris. love that guy and love Amy Madigan. Yeah. But the the oh, so the end still maintains a heroic act for you. For, yeah. for me, I, I was like, understandably, I think that killing a child molester, I think, is a good thing to do. I mean, not to not to be a little more right wing than I normally am. I, I do believe in eye for an eye, but I mean, I don't we're know, we were raised Catholic. Or, yeah, we're raised Catholic, but for me, the the main moral complexity is how about we uh, break it down a little further? Is he a hero for his actions at the end of the movie? That's really hard to say because, like, I I mean, if he would have left the kid alone with where she was yes is that heroic because with morgan freeman's family improving a child's life but uh, how, how... He, that mean that mean it makes him completely complicit in a kidnapping right because i think that the reason why he does it is to not implicate his own personal soul for but, it are you are you re do you really believe that leaving her with morgan freeman and the family like constitutes like a better life 
Because you're ripped away from your mother. She didn't like her mother. It's uh, it, getting back I mean, to I the family it, angle, but yeah. like this is this is all very this is I mean that's the whole point of the movie. It's this moral morally complex question at the end of it that, um, you know, I, I love that ending where like Amy like she like uh, Amy, what's her fucking name? The the mom. She is amazing. The, the mom of, yeah. of yeah she she was nominated for an Oscar for it. she was in the office I just realized that Amy Madigan and Ed Harris are both in the same yeah movie. they are it's, isn't it's that so great funny. hold on a minute I, this is killing me because I love that actress she's in The Wire uh, Amy Ryan fuck hey. right here yeah I'm right here um, where she like that like he's got her back home mm-hmm. he loses the love of his life and he's and he's implicated a good man who did a kidnapping. But he stops by a check on Amy Ryan. And she's like, hey, thanks a lot. I'm going to go away for a couple hours. Can you watch um, uh, my daughter and her doll, like Annabelle? And, and then fucking Casey Affleck's like, yeah, sure, shit. He sits down and it's like, so that's Annabelle? And the little kid's like, your name's not Annabelle, it's Isabel. And like, you're like, oh, Amy Ryan. You're fucking useless. You're a terrible Yeah, but he mother. makes he makes that speech at the end where like, oh, when she comes to me and she's grown up and she's like, you promised you would take me back to my family and you didn't. Why didn't you do it? But that, like, for me, that sounds ultimately, I, I guess that's the difference of what is self-serving down the line because I think he doesn't want to feel that possible guilt versus giving her to a family who would like love and take care of her. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna I guess say it's a whole greater good it's, question. It's hero overall, but like it's this the ending in the movie that really it calls into question of like hero overall. Yeah. But I mean, he, he, I'm I'm really gonna say hero overall, but like okay. the, we can we can sit I, I, and talk about the ending of this movie you. for hours. We should just do this movie. It's such a good movie. I'm, I'd be so down for that. Yeah. And I'm, like I, I agree with you. He is hero overall. And then I'm trying to take my mind out of like the sequels and like the books and everything. But I think he is a man who is so he's held together by principle and code and he's tortured by the idea he might be doing the wrong thing. Yeah. But he made a promise. I mean, like, either way he's going to torture himself while he's doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And you know like I think probably the ultimate right thing to do if like if there was a gun to my head i would probably say return her to her mother even though her mother's a goblin yeah i mean it, 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 it's like damning at, a child at, to a shitty life at what level of, do you not return her to the home yeah like abuse In, active abuse active abuse because it's a home is, of, it's a home of just utter neglect yeah but i mean it's there's a great speech that Amy Madigan has about, like, do you know why I found her sitting in a, in a hot car for three hours? Yeah. Because she was inside getting fucking high? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, we should just do this movie. <laughs> oh, I love that movie so fucking much. Ryan, like, I, boy, like, no, I'm, 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 I know I'm getting it for Christmas then. It's, it's, it's that book series because I can get the whole thing for like 10 bucks online. I would read the hell out of it. They're so good. They're so fucking good. The book you got me last year is actually on display now. Which one? Uh, well, Michelle Monaghan eh, yeah. uh, decided that uh, there's going to be like certain books on display since, um, oh, by the way, for listeners, R.I.P. Movie Room. Mm. Yeah, it's now traded out to the living room as a a, a bigger space. Uh, uh, completely off topic, but uh, I decided like when I got the movie room, I was trying to emulate my grandfather and his uh-huh. giant wall of movies. I was like, I want to have that too. And then the reason I decided to get rid of the movie room and put it out in the other room was mm-hmm. um, I realized I completely missed the point of what my uh-huh. grandfather's movie room was. It wasn't for him. I it see. was for everybody. I gotcha. So I, I was like, I thought to myself, you know, I'm being selfish mm-hmm. by having this just in one room and why not have it in a more comfortable space where everyone can enjoy it? Makes sense. So uh, anyway, yeah, completely off topic, but that's why there's no movie room anymore. Word. Well, what what book was it? Uh, 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 Silver Screen Fiend. Oh, word. So th- there's certain books like there's the the bartender books are above the fireplace, mm-hmm. and then she has other like coffee table books that look word. nice. And I was like, this one is mm-hmm. a really great cover, and that one's on display. Nice. Yeah, so. new new Death and Co book. Oh, I heard uh, yeah. Cocktail Codex. Yeah, I, I'm really I, curious. Someone at work uh, brought it in, and they just break it down into six cocktails. Mm. And that's all the book is like six chapters, and it cool. it looks super sexy. It's that's awesome. really cool. Really, cool. sit down, enjoy that. Yeah. Anyway, that's how you play. Hero, hero not a hero. hero.
fun times. Yep. All right, Ryan. Um, time is running short for yes. me being here in PA. We're not sure how we're going to do the show once I'm across the country. We'll figure something out. Yeah, we but, really do need to talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. Otherwise, um, next week, I think we're bringing in Daniel William Gonzalez to do uh, Hold the Dark to tie things up. Or maybe we'll do Legend of Drunken Master, depending on time. Because okay. I'm not leaving until after Christmas. Okay. And yeah, we can just dig around. Well, here. during the holidays, um, I think I'm going to have some time off work, so maybe we can just pack in a couple episodes. Yeah, I like it. All right, Ryan, do some plug-in. Uh, you can find me at Tango Like Cash on Instagram, pictures of my cat, cocktails, other random goofabouts. You can also catch me at the bookstore Speakeasy, hey. 336 Adam Street, Southside Bethlehem, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Slingin' Gin and Dorson Sin. Come on in, talk movies, drink a cocktail. That's all I got. Righteous. Sirens. Oh, no. That's okay. It's the end of the episode. Um, you can find me all over the internet at uh, baby underscore underscore Mara on Instagram. But most importantly, check out the other Top Count radio show. It is Slow Readers, your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. We're Daniel Gonzalez, 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 Gonzalez. And I discuss books and only books. Never anything off-topic ever. Only books. Suck a dick overdue. Um... Yeah, that's it. Um, give us some rates, reviews, and subscribes. We need your stars. Yeah. Um, here's 10 seconds to uh, do that. How long will I love you? As long as stars are above you. Longer if I totes. Yay. All right, Ryan. Um, well, well, guys, we'll see you next week with either Drunken Master or Hold the Dark or some other random shit. Yeah, we fly by the seat of our pants lately. So. Exactly. All right, bye. Bye. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com. <laughs>